This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sounds of the Week brought to you by SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts for a free quote and all of your roofing needs. Call SNS Roofing. It is Friday. That can be one, uh, only one thing. It's time to talk to Howard. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, of course, our good friend Howard Beck. Howard, what's going on? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Howard, it's always good to hear you. And uh, Jake and I were talking during the break about who we can trust and who you can't trust. And I'll say this about Howard. And I know, Howard, you get tired of me complimenting you all the time. But, Jake, I, I'm 85 years old now, right? And so I don't – I wouldn't seek advice from very many people. But Howard is a guy that if I really wanted Howard's to, your guy. Howard, I would go to Howard. All right, I could see that. I, because I trust his judgment. And so that's why it's always good to have you on every single Friday. Are you buttering Howard up right now? No, no. I'm not. I, hey, you got 10 bucks I can butter Howard? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you, you, your, your life experience is way beyond mine, so we should it should be reversed. <laughs> I should be asking you. And uh, I, I, I hope I am... Uh, as uh, sharp and energetic when I when I reach uh, that, uh, that moment. <laughs> Ripe old age. Uh, Howard, earlier in the show, I tried to make the case that Milwaukee can come back from being down 2-0. Is there a case to be made? There's a case to be made. I don't think they will. Um, you know, we're, you know, as, as per usual, we all have to make silly predictions. I, I think the Suns, you know, I, I predicted the Suns would win this in, in no more than, or uh, no no more than no more than six uh, before the series started, and then depending on Giannis's health, and so far he looks pretty good. But I thought it could be, and even in five, if, if Giannis wasn't himself, he looks like himself. But he's playing a ton of minutes, and as, as we've noticed, especially last night, there are times when he goes to the floor and he's still kind of holding the knee and wincing a little bit. Like I don't, he's he's playing like he's 100, percent but I don't think he's 100. percent So that's something just to kind of keep an eye on. The Bucks can come back to answer your question. Um, you know, I am I I hate the cliche of you know team A just held serve because they just went on their home court. Like no, if you're the visiting team, your job is to go win at least one road game because you can't win the series without doing that at some point. And better do it early in the series because decades of stats show that the team that if a team goes up 2-0 in any round, there's like a you know whatever it is 75 80 85 percent rate of winning the series. So. You actually really do need to win one of those. That said, um, the Bucks are a really solid team. They had a great regular season. They've got multiple weapons. They're going to be home. 
they obviously play really well at home, and some players, especially role guys, supporting cast, just play better at home than on the road. Tends to happen. So maybe Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday get untracked. Maybe Connaughton has a big game. Um, maybe Bryn Forbes has, has a, a game. Who knows? So it's possible. Like I think they're going to win game three, but I don't actually believe they're going to win both home games, and I don't think they're going to win the series. But it, it's possible. And, and look, you know, if you're looking for silver linings for the Bucks or reasons for optimism, you know, the Suns lost Dario Saric to the ACL. Uh, Tory Craig reports are that he's going to be okay, but he's day-to-day. So they haven't lost him, but it's not clear that he'll play Sunday either. So one of the Suns' advantages was better depth, and that's starting to erode right now. Howard, one of the things I really like about the Suns is the, their willingness to share the ball. They've got scores, and yet they share the ball. That sequence last night, what was it, 10 or 11 passes? And is that from Monty Williams? Is that a left? Is that influenced by I don't know Popovich or where? Whence cometh the unselfishness? It's a great question, and that play was amazing, mesmerizing, even. Um, and you know, somebody asked me earlier today about comps for this Suns team. Who do they remind you of in terms of another team that made the finals? And I thought about the 2014 Spurs, that team that beat LeBron's Miami team um, in the last year of LeBron's run there. Because remember, that series was all about the Spurs passing up good shots for great shots, and they were passing, like, I don't know, at a rate of, like, three times more than the Heat were, something like that. The Heat, obviously, big isolation team having LeBron and Dwayne Wade. The Spurs, though they had Kawhi Leonard, were not built that way. And so they were relying on this ensemble cast, and especially among older stars, you know, Parker, Ginobili, Duncan were all getting up there. So that's the team that, that the Suns kind of remind me of. Um, and, you know, Monty Williams did spend a lot of years with Pop. So that, that's, it's possible that's, that's part of it. I think also, you know, Chris Paul is a guy who's all about let's get the best possible shot. And has, he's never been one to force shots as a point guard. He's a, you know, he, he could have scored a ton more in his career, uh, Chris Paul. But he's a guy who always wants to make the right play. And so while he's had some big scoring games in this postseason, that's not been you know, the hallmark of his career. So I think having a leader like that on the court probably is contagious as well. And then you know, you've got some, some really good young players that are just unselfish. And so you, know, you need the emphasis. You need the leadership and coaching. I think, but I think it's also something that that maybe comes naturally to these guys. That this is this is the way they're built, and and that's you know credit to the you know to the Suns for getting those kinds of players. Howard, uh, uh, I know you know our guy David Locke, and uh, Locke was on our morning show this morning, and he threw out something interesting that I hadn't really thought of. I thought I'd I'd run by you. He was talking about how because the Suns. Uh, went from not making the playoffs to the NBA Finals, possibly champion in one season by making one dramatic move that it will put uh, a lot of pressure. Owners are going to start putting a lot of pressure on their GMs to find that one move. A lot of the kind of middle of the road waiting, patiently waiting to make the next step, those GMs are going to be under some heat this offseason because of what the Suns are doing. Any thoughts? Um, maybe. I mean, uh... it's like it's not an unreasonable thought. I just think that a lot of teams every year who are really good 
you know, as the Jazz have been for several years, right? Like it's all every year. It's like, well, this is a good team. They're solid. They're respectable. We, you know, they're fun to to, to follow to root for. Um, but they're not. They're not. They're not good enough to win the championship most years, right? And then this year looked like maybe, but clearly, clearly not. Um, they feel a, a player away. A bunch of teams feel a player away um, every year, and so I think the pressure is always there to try to get that one guy. The Suns. I like the Suns and the Bucks both as alternative models. We've talked about this before on your show, I think, but as an alternative model that, you know, rather than having to build a super team, which most teams cannot do, most teams cannot just go out and poach superstar free agents, rather than tanking for multiple years, which most teams, you know, can't do, and then the new lottery odds are discouraged anyway. So is there another way to build? Well, the Suns and the Bucks are both kind of alternative builds um, in, in, in their own way. And so – now, is that a, a model for other teams to follow? You know, maybe, but a lot of things broke both their teams' way this year, too. I mean, this is not an asterisk conversation or an asterisk case that I'm making, but, you, you know, if, if another team says, well, let's just do what the Suns did, well, okay, but this was also a year where LeBron and Anthony Davis got hurt and Kawhi Leonard got hurt and Jamal Murray got hurt, and so, you know, they, they get – the path was cleared a little bit. They still earned it. The championship still counts, and it doesn't diminish it at all. But every year has its own circumstances, and some years will have injuries to stars and some will not. And so it's not as simple as just get Chris Paul, you know, get 36-year-old future Hall of Fame point guard who somehow still is playing at an all-NBA level and add him to your young core, and boom, you're off to the races. Like, if only it were that simple. I wonder how many Chris Pauls there are, Howard. Probably not. Not enough. Know. Yeah, not enough. Uh, are you surprised that Giannis can play the way he is? I mean, like we talked about before. I mean, we thought we might not see him for a year, and now look at the way he played last night. Incredible, and he played like forty, forty-one minutes. Um, his efficiency. So his final numbers, I can't remember what exactly it was, but if you took – he went one for five from three, and if you take that out, I think he was 14 for 17 from two, which is just ridiculous. Um, so he was awesome. He was amazing. I can't it, – it's like I, for a guy who was questionable within hours before game one and didn't really look that great in game one to be that impactful in game two – um, is, is amazing, and especially when you think about how that knee looked when it bent, um, you know, last week. That that looked really awful, and, and you know, thankfully he's he's fine. Um, but again, every time he he went to the court or uh, fell to the floor last night, there was a little bit of wincing, and, and he grabbed at his knee, you know, once or twice. So uh, hopefully he gets through this series. Um, but man, he's he's having to play a lot of minutes. They just they do not have much depth that team, and so everybody's playing a ton of minutes. Howard Gordon and I were were chatting the other day about uh, you know kind of casual fan versus you know hardcore NBA fan. Of course, uh, the three of us talking now are, are into it, obviously, or we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. And uh, Gordon and I agree that we're enjoying kind of the fresh uh, teams, the fresh faces, the the young players in in the finals, and like uh, seeing something different. But then you look at the ratings, and they haven't been good. And I know NBA ratings get randomly controversial, but I'm hoping that the narrative of well, there's no LeBron or, or the, the Nets didn't make it. Or I guess my point is, is are you enjoying the fresh nature of this finals or are you in the camp of you want to see the dynasties or the, the giant stars or kind of the things that usually traditionally attract ratings? 
I mean, I, if, if you were to give me the choice of, you know, LeBron versus Steph, you know, um, Durant and Kyrie and Harden, I think, you know, all of us, you know, whether you're a hardcore fan or a casual fan, I think everybody's going to say you want to see the, the best of the best. Um, but Giannis is a two-time MVP back-to-back, one of the handful of guys who have done that. So he is among the best. Chris Paul is going to be in the Hall of Fame before too long. And Devin Booker's a rising star. So we're, it's not as if we're missing out on star talent. And it's not, you know, we, we've seen some real dud finals before. I mean, hell, LeBron, for that matter, got swept before. So that was a bad finals, even though we had one of the greatest players of all time in it. Watching LeBron get swept wasn't entertaining. Um, I suppose it was if you're a Warriors fan or if you just hate LeBron. But, um, you know, I, I think about hideous finals. I think about, like, Cavs Spurs in 2007, you know, the young LeBron um, who couldn't quite, you know, play at that level and a Spurs team that was very good, but, you know, it wasn't anybody's idea of, like, you know, the most scintillating team of all time. Um, I think about, you know, the, when I was covering the Lakers three-peat in the year that they beat up on the Nets, um, or the next year when the Spurs beat up on the Nets. <laughs> Those weren't great finals. Um, so they, it, it happens sometimes. But, like, this, you know, we're, we're at 2-0. Um, let's see if, the, if, if, you know, if, the, if this turns for the Bucks and, and they make it a competitive series. But they've both been entertaining games. I don't think we're missing out on any great entertainment at this stage, even if some of the biggest names aren't there. You can't, I can't tell you, Howard, how, how glad I am to hear you say that based on our conversations around this studio for a while. It is entertaining, and I've been arguing that for a while, but am I mis- am I Ask am your I question, continue. We don't oh, need okay, to get Howard <laughs> dragged down into our shenanigans. I'm sure there's more important things that you okay. want to ask him okay. about. Okay, Howard. Well, so, but it's also, I would just say, it's also good for the league in that even if the ratings are, are off from a couple of years ago, you, you're exposing the national audience to some other young stars and players that they – you want them to be invested in, hopefully, because you know LeBron's not playing forever, Steph's not playing forever, Durant's not playing forever. So uh, I think it's healthy in that regard too. So Howard, I love the guys I work with here, uh, but they do tend to be a little on the cynical side sometimes. And so we played the sound from Giannis the other day when he was saying how much he loves playing in Milwaukee and he wants to win for Milwaukee. Is that one? Do you believe what he's saying? And two. Uh, is that a good sign? Maybe to set an example for others instead of seeking out these super teams that, hey, if you're in a relatively small marketplace, you can be happy there and you might even be able to win there. Two or three years ago when Giannis was coming up toward you know the, the latter part of his previous contract and the whole league was scheming on how to get him, you know, or at least the usual suspects were scheming how to get him, and the thing I kept hearing from people in Milwaukee and other people who knew Giannis was this guy's not just talking a big game about loyalty or about wanting to stick it out in Milwaukee or about loving and living, loving, uh, living there or about not wanting to be part of a super team. Like, this is legit. This is who he is. He, the, you know, these, are, these are real things to him. So believe it when he says it. And I said, okay. And, I, you know, you, you take it with a grain of salt. It's the NBA. But then he signed that massive extension last fall and he's locked in for the next several years and so when he says those things he's already you know he's already put his money where his mouth is or the money has come along after he put his mouth uh, i don't know something 
I mean, <laughs> he he's he said it, and now he has he has lived it. He's acted on it. He signed the extension, and if he weren't about those things, if he thought he wanted to be on a super team, if he thought he needed to be in L.A. or New York or Miami, he could have turned that down. And we'd be having a much different discussion right now about the Bucks' future, even if they were in the finals, because it would be, well, if they don't win, is he walking away? Um, and look, yes, you can always force a trade in this league. It's really, really, really hard to do when you still have four or five years left as opposed to one or two. You know, uh, Howard, I – I have great respect for one of the greatest sports writers ever, Jim Murray in L.A., but he used to write those columns when I was down there that that would – anytime there was a star player, then they should be either playing in L.A. or New York. You know, I mean, it was like that was the stage that was set for them. And I used to – I mean, as much as I love Jim, I I used to hate that because – I do think people can flourish elsewhere. I think it's good for the NBA. It's good for the NFL. It's good for every league to be able to have uh, geographic uh, diversity. I agree. Um, and, and I say this as somebody who has only ever lived in big markets. I grew up in the Bay Area. I lived in L.A. a bunch of years. I live in New York now. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I understand it. And that Jim Murray writing that way, that was the typical, like, big market columnist kind of bullying the small markets or at least ta- taunting them a little bit maybe um there was a lot more of that back in the day like say like the columnists got a lot more provincial back in the day that was actually kind of fun where everybody you know and then the small markets will fire back and you know you know call la fake or call new york you know whatever talk about crime or something um and i mean i think most of that is is spirited good fun just as it is amongst fans as well but i mean i you know, as I said earlier, I, like the best thing for the NBA is for every market to not just believe they have a chance, but truly have a chance, and to, and to see that there's a path. And so, Milwaukee, one of the smaller NBA markets, Phoenix, I think, is the 11th largest market uh, in the Nielsen market uh, rankings. And you know, if you if you count the fact that there are two New York teams and two LA teams, Phoenix is even lower in in, in real life uh, in NBA terms. So having two mid to small market teams in the finals, again, to me is good. That's healthy. Um, if stars from smaller markets are constantly fleeing for, for the big markets, the glamour markets, it just erodes belief. And I, I think long term it's bad for the league, even if it ends up in bigger ratings in, you know, in June in a normal year. You think we could talk Howard into moving to Salt Lake City? Jake, what do you think? Well, uh I don't know. I, I had this thought, though, real quick, Howard, before we let you go. Yeah, I think you heard our read coming in about uh, we're in a serious drought. It's really hot. I, I was looking at videos yesterday of flooded subway tunnels in New York and streams going down the roads. Could you? Could we split the difference? How about you send some of that our way, Howard? You just push that our way, and that way we can all be happy. Elsa? Elsa, yeah. I- I'll, I'll just say this. While it's a great idea in, in, in theory that we could average it out, your drought versus our surplus, the water you were seeing in those videos yesterday is not the water you want. Trust <laughs> <No>. me. <laughs> you know what? I, I couldn't help but admire those dedicated commuters who were going into oh, the my. tunnel. Oh, I couldn't wow. believe it. I no, was like, wow, that, that lady really needs to get to where she's going. <laughs> I, I get it because sometimes that's just the only way to go, but I was horrified because I thought, you know, one, you know, God forbid there's a loose wire somewhere and you could get electrocuted. But two, 
Like, I don't know what's in that water. Like, that's, I just, I would not be waiting in there. If I had to walk the entire length of Manhattan, I think that's the way. I'm with you, man. I draw that line. What do you think the worst thing that could be in there? Uh, Let's not talk about that. That's not worth it. Uh, Howard, thank you uh, very much. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you next week. See you, buddy. That's our friend Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Oh, you, you think, think there's alligators? You think no, there's, uh, there's snakes. You think there's? I think uh, there's human waste. Yes, yeah, some of that. Probably some very waterlogged uh, vermin. <laughs> you pizza rat was down there. Yeah, I, oh. I, you don't want to know. I couldn't believe. Have you seen those videos, Austin? Yeah, have you seen yeah, the videos? Yeah. I couldn't believe those people still go. They were like going to it, not coming out of it, but like going in. I'm like, holy cow. It, remi- it reminded me, and this was actually what I was going to talk about on my list that about the weather that I. Well, do you want to throw a tease on it? No, it's it just this is it that uh, that why can't why can't the weather get its uh, here we have no water, and there they have too much water. Yeah, let's, I let's mean, split the yeah, like you said, and I remember growing up on the East Coast, there would those big thunderstorms would roll through, and this is the remnants of Elsa, right? The tropical storm. I don't know, I actually. I'm I thought sure. it was, but. You know, you'd get those big storms, and the streets literally would turn into to rivers. I know here in 83, when they had the runoff thing, that it wasn't State Street, a river for a while, sandbag and whatnot, all that. But, man, back east, it can really get that way sometimes. And I, I don't know I don't know which is worse. Would you rather have a drought or have a flood? Ah, flooding causes much more immediate damage. Yeah. Drought probably causes much more long-term damage. So that's not really a good yeah. choice now, yeah. is it? Yeah. All right, stay tuned. More of Gordon's List next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night? Are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit SoundSleepMedical.com. Gordon, uh, you had a, uh, or you have, I should say, a long list yes, today. And uh, so we're kind of sprinkling the items in as we go. So let's continue on. What's next? Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford tweeted out uh, what was essentially an ad for kids who might want uh, private lessons from him. I saw that. I, I, I think that's a great idea. Good for him. I think that's and great. And he can make some money now. Yep. Fit it into his school schedule and and uh, yeah, I th- and what do you talk about? Uh, his fellow alignment maybe doing a camp or something like that. Like no, I didn't see that part of it. That but, uh, uh, that seems that seems like a great idea. I mean, I've heard uh, uh, former athletes do that. My, uh, in fact, uh, I have a couple sons-in-law who at times do uh, some training sessions for young players. Who uh, one was a quarterback, the other is a receiver. And uh, they they have done that, and it, it benefits the kids involved. But now, players who are actually playing can do it. Yeah, I think it's cool. Good for them. If you as if you as a parent could pass playing one sport on to your kids, uh, and you have daughters, uh, what sport would you pick for oh, them? That's so easy. Golf. Golf. <laughs> Golf. One, the scholarships are kind of plentiful. 
Well, right? I don't really care about that. And I'm thinking about me. I'd like to play golf. And you want to spend so time with your daughter. They, if they play golf, the likelihood of me playing more golf, it seems like that would go up. So it's all about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that, but that's not, that's not bad. It, close second skiing, which my daughter started last year, which yeah. was fun. So, but yeah, golf. That's that's Those an are op- both very expensive sports well, for your kids to take up. Golf, you can play your entire life. And to Gordon's point, in all sincerity, like uh, family activity. Yeah, that's why I was going to go with cornhole. Okay. Costs about eight bucks for the entirety of what, your do life. Do you like playing cornhole? Yeah, I enjoy playing cornhole, yeah. Why, who doesn't? You don't like playing cornhole? It is a fun game. You know, but if you want to look at it from a really selfish standpoint, us and. If you want stand what standpoint, uh-huh. if you want to raise that child up so that you can gravy train off of her, then I don't know how much money there is in cornhole. Well, I don't. I don't look at my children as that. As, yeah, it's as, cashing in. Yeah, I don't well, look I, at them I, as stepping I, I, stones I, towards my personal. Well, I goals. thought you were concerned about financial issues, and so I thought that might cross your mind. If she wants to get a job and get a more expensive hobby, that's up to her. <laughs> but if she's expecting daddy to pay for it, cornholes in the budget. <laughs> okay, and a used one at that. Padres reliever uh, Daniel uh, Camarena. Uh, is that his name? He hit a grand slam off of Max Scherzer uh, last night for his first career hit. He was only the second pitcher ever to get a grand salami in his first hit. Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Nowhere to go but down. (laughs) Yeah, good luck at the next step, Matt. Yeah, right. You're setting unrealistic expectations here. Did you see then they, they pulled Max Scherzer after that? And oh, did they? He started to argue, and then he, I think he went, oh, yeah, I've given up seven <laughs> runs, four of which were to a pitcher just now. I think I'll, Who's take, never a, gotten a hit I think I'll, I'll take a walk to the, the clubby, yeah. On this date 10 years ago, Jake, Derek Jeter got his 3,000th hit, a home run. It was off David Price, if I remember, but he ended up with 3,465 hits. Uh, all as a member of the Yankees, only one player, Jake, got more hits with a single team. Can you guess who that player was? Rod Carew. That's a good guess, actually, but incorrect. Awesome, Harmon Killebrew. Nope. Nope. Stan Musil. Ah, Stan the Man. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Speaking of interesting, this is sort of a serious item, but I wanted to get your thought on it, Jake, because we all saw during the – I think it was a French Open, right, when Naomi Osaka Mm -hmm. uh, withdrew from that tournament because of mental health issues. And apparently this has gained some steam, uh, more attention, that uh, the tennis may – be one of those sports, and there are other sports too, but tennis especially, where the conditions of the sport, isolation, uh, can't even really be coached when you're out on the court, uh, no team members to lean on really, have uh, has uh, become uh, more aware of the problem. And who was it? The U.S. Davis Cup captain Marty Fish said, quote, There have been plenty of players that have had some mental health issues. He said uh, that he once pulled out of the 2012 U.S. Open when he had a panic attack before he was supposed to face Roger Federer. 
and that probably has happened to a lot of players through the years because Federer was so dominant. But he said, I've spoken to many players over the last eight or nine years that you've heard of that have struggled with this type of stuff. Your reaction? Mental illness is very serious. Yep. Um, but you know, tennis is a, is a mental game, mental sport like anything else. The, the, that's part of it that you can't get coaching and it's just you out there. I mean, it's, it's what makes it challenging and unique. And you talk about this all the time, how – you know, to succeed at the highest levels at, uh, in any sport, you have to be mentally tough. So, I mean, I guess it's a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a balancing act. But, but I'm not of- sure that really saying mentally tough is because this is, this is something that I don't think it has anything to do with toughness. I, I think it's just you have, you have anxiety, you have depression, you have panic attacks, and I'm not sure that. That's something you can really control. Uh, fair enough, and, and I get your point with the language, but it's also a lot of that stuff you have to overcome. It's part of success in that particular sport. And, and by the way, something that I was not good at when I was an active tennis player. That's part of, I mean, in, in retrospect, that's really part of what held me back was I wasn't able to overcome some of that stuff. That's, you know, it's part of playing an individual sport, particularly tennis. It's hard. Jennifer Brady, who was the runner-up to a socket at the Australian Open, she said, I keep a lot of things to myself, and over time it can create a big snowball, and then at one point you just kind of explode, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I definitely hmm. would, would like a – if I were a high, high-level tennis player, particularly that sport, I absolutely would employ like a sports psychologist or somebody to help me with that aspect of it. You know, this is this is an issue that goes so far beyond sports. Uh, this is these are real issues that people face throughout our society, not just in this country, but around the world. And I I hope we can get past the idea of stigma, the, the stigma that comes with this sort of thing. When I first heard that that uh, Osaka was not talking to the media, I thought, okay, what is that an excuse or what's going on there? But the more you look into it, I, I hope we can get to a point where when somebody says, yes, I have mental illness, that we can all cheer them on when they seek help instead of any kind of, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's mental weakness right there. And I think that happens. I think it happens in a lot of sports that are kind of, there's a sense of machismo in it. And, and it's, it's still in some corners frowned upon. And to me... It's just like having any other kind of illness. You treat it, right? You don't look down at somebody because they have some disease. Do you? No. I mean, they have it. So you treat it. And you cheer them on when they do well. You don't look at them and say, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure if this player is really going to work out for us because he's not tough enough. You know? We've got a market update coming up next. We do. Do we still have items on the list? We sure do. All right. We'll get to it coming up. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires. With the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires. The team you trust. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how did uh, we wrap up the week? Jake, yesterday, uh, an off day. Today, an on day. Okay. Good news with the market. The Dow was up 1.3%, up nearly 450 points. Get your chin up. The NASDAQ was up 142 points. (laughs) What was that? What was that? The Swedish Swedish chef. chef. Yeah, yeah. You've been being happy about chocolate mousse. The S&P was up 49 points. Wow, that was an excited person. That was my wife. Was it really? Yeah. What, what was she so excited about? Uh, Michael McLean sent us a uh, private uh, screening of uh, Forgotten Carols, the movie version from last winter. And that she's a huge response. fan of it. That's yeah. enthusiasm. So I pulled that off the security camera at home. And That's funny. I like that. that I See, I thought you were going to come up with something like, yeah, I brought her home some flowers, or I achieved some great achievement, and she was excited about what you had done, and it really had nothing to do with you. Except Michael McLean didn't just randomly send it to us. And that was kind it was of mean. Your connection. It was on the movie zone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And my wife is not as shallow to have that reaction for flowers. In fact, I'd bring her flowers and be like, how long before I can throw these away? <laughs> Is she a non-flower person? She's all right with them, but not not huge. What what would uh, spin her beanie the most if you were to, you know, give her something? You know, like a gift. Uh, probably a Porsche. <laughs> I'll see what I can do for you on that one. Porsche. It's pronounced Porsche. You gotta, what about you what learn about, how to say that? It's pronounced Porsche. What about uh, Lisa? What would generate that reaction? Um, if you vacuum the carpet, yeah, probably. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. Yeah, I think uh, I think if I put the apron on and went to work in the kitchen, she'd probably really enjoy that. And not fake it this time, like the last time. Oh please, see, I mean, see, when I put forth the effort, you got to diminish it somehow. <laughs> so little effort. It wasn't even good effort into faking it. I went back and watched that recently, and I thought. I probably wasn't as convincing as I should have been, <laughs> but it, I, the, you know, the effort was still there. Not really. You gave me nothing for the effort. Nothing. Well, you didn't deserve much credit for the effort because there was very little effort, but most people don't know where we're talking about. This was Gordon said he was going to make dinner for his family and video it uh, as proof, and sent some very half-hearted, drummed-up videos as, see, guys, I did it, when he didn't. There was more effort in the Cuisinart infomercial back in the day. I'm looking for the video that I have on my phone of that. And then he insulted our intelligence with the key lime pie. Yeah. (laughs) That one made me mad. (laughs) But Gordon didn't, didn't send any, it was like burgers, right? And Gordon didn't send any pictures of him grilling... Preparing any, the meat. Like any, anything The of most that. work would, done was he sliced a slice of cheese. 
and put it like on a yes. and a slice of tomato. And in the background, there's this heap of tomatoes already already plattered, perfectly yeah. sliced. Makes the last Placed all one. decoratively. Right. And then all of a sudden, fast forward to, and here's the complete meal <laughs> that I prepared for everyone. I'm looking for it. I'm going to play that. We ought to post it. Let's we see. should, and get people's okay. opinion. All right, let me let me see here. All right. The struggle I'm is real over there. And here I'm going to pull the uh, lettuce apart. I'm slicing the tomatoes for said burgers, so it's all just right. One slice. And One slice. I'm watching it right now. Here's the cheese. Here's the cheese. What already sliced? It was sliced. It was. Look at it. It's already sliced. That's because I sliced it. And then a cut. A cut to the already completed burgers on the grill. <laughs> it is. He's opening the. Looks pretty good to me, but not quite ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, time to take my uh, key lime pie that I made with my own hands. <laughs> you are so full of a liar. Dessert. And so by the way, Gordon decided. It says Walmart right there. Walmart. And by the way, we decided Gordon was going to do this at like 6:30. So that means that Gordon whipped up a key lime pie in about. <laughs> 90 seconds <laughs> with my own two hands. We got this video at like 7.18. Sprinkled so. some uh, stuff on spinach. You'd sound just like we were. All right. This, yeah, we'll get to what's going on coming up next. Stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Something extra?